Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 47 of the Caesars Show. I'm very, very glad to be back. Um, it just seems like, you know, things things have just been going haywire uh, in the NBA, man. So it's so exciting. You know, NBA trade deadline just passed. All-star break's about to come up. So we got some very, 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 very fire content to talk about. So I was excited for that. Uh, so I'm just extremely excited just to jump into this new uh, episode, episode 47. But like always, I just want to, uh, you know, rehash with our previous episode. So episode 46, Manny Fresh joined me as we discussed some of the hottest topics entailing 80s trade requests. Clay and Kyrie flirting with the idea of LA, PG's MVP season, all-star reserves and starters revealed, Boston versus Warriors matchup, and much, much more. So before we get into today's hottest topics, I want you all to make some noise for my reoccurring guest, Trey Way. Yeah, it's the same feeling I always seem to get around, yeah. Ooh, it's done now. Ooh, yes, I do. Ah, just like candy, candy. Ooh, hey yo, Valentine's Day is coming up, so get your shoddy, get your mans and two step the night away with them. You already know what's going on, and this All Star Weekend coming up. We live, too live. Happy to be back on the Caesar Show. What up? <laughs> I'm happy. To, I'm happy for you to be back, man. I was actually looking forward to where you're gonna, you know, what melodies you're gonna sing this time around. So you already uh, know. <laughs> definitely surprised, man. I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> Yo, candy's a classic, man. Come on now. For sure, for sure. But yeah, it is Valentine's Day on Thursday. So like Trey said, you know, get your shorty uh, and, you know, pr plan ahead, make some moves and, you know, just be treat her special. Grab so. some wine, go out to eat and then go home, sit down and go ahead and turn on the Caesar Show, episode 47. Go ahead. Valentine's Day, a.k.a. Nah, not Valentine's Day. <laughs> All-star episode edition all-star edition um definitely you know there's gonna be some fire content but what you been up to man uh big grinding man just trying to make uh everything that i wished for in uh 2019 come to fruition and it takes a big grind stage for that so i've been doing some refing doing some applications just trying to get to that next step in life and uh you know keeping up with sports here and there and networking being new people and encouraging and staying down with the network that i've created before so i'm excited that's always good, always networking and strengthening the mind and body. So uh, that's great, man. So, uh, yeah, I remember when we, uh, you know, were going through the run through, you talking to me about uh, you were coaching a little bit, right? Uh, Not coaching. I'm so sorry. You were refereeing. Refereeing, <laughs> man. Uh, big, big. Uh, all right, I'm going to talk to the parents real quick. There's no such thing as over the back. All right. There's no such thing as an over the back call. All right. If your kid is short and he gets the ball grabbed from over top of his head, then. He's just short, and you should have chose another mate, and you should have you should have should have taller kids. I'm I'm sick I'm sick and tired of addressing that every time. There's not an over the back call. There's a push. Your child can get pushed in the back, but there's not an over the back call. All right, it's not happening. Okay, stop calling that out. But I've been repping, man, getting some money here and there. Shout out to uh, the league I'm repping with. I won't, I won't put that out, out there. But shout out to the league I'm repping with. Uh, it's really cool, great developmental league. And um, I'm just happy to see the kids play basketball. And if you're not there to play basketball, parents or kids, don't come out because you just make it hard for everybody. But, hey, shout out to basketball, shout out to development, and shout out to uh, the league I'm repping with. 
I feel that, I feel that. So before we get into today's hottest topics, what would you say um, are the pros and cons of refing since you've been refing? Uh, I think the pros and cons of refing is uh, a pro might be, I, I feel like I'm a decent ref, whether I make every great call great or not, but I play basketball. I've been in college practices. I've been to college games. I've been on a managerial side. I've been on a just kind of like a development side, and I know how basketball uh, how you know how you want would want basketball to be called if you were playing the game. You don't want everything to be stoppage uh, with a tic tac foul. You don't want the refs to be uptight and have an ego or something like that. You just want to be able to play the game and you know play it safely and fun and not get hurt. I think the cons are in a lot of ways just the people that don't come to play basketball. They have another agenda in mind, and even the the people that might not know basketball too much and are more stuck in their ways and you know are used to seeing a certain bad kind of maybe toxic basketball rather than just you know good basketball being played and not every single touch being called a foul or something like that so it's pros and cons to it but overall I'm, I'm enjoying it and you know it's a lot easier if you know basketball if you've been around it and you've played the game because if you play the game you know how you want it to be roughed I feel that I feel that so you know keep it up you know uh, you know, if you ever are refing and I'm free, I, you know, definitely would be able, I would love to check it out. Oh, pull up, pull up. Let me know, let me know. Um, so, yeah, let's get into today's hottest topic. So, the first thing I want to talk about is Anthony Davis. Now, you weren't, my, you weren't on my last, uh, you know, episode. You were on the one before that. So, Manny uh, chimed in with me and we were just talking about how AD demanded a trade. So, to take you guys back to memory lane. Um, about a week and a half, two weeks before the trade deadline, AD and Rich Paul decided to release a statement saying that he no longer wanted to be a part of the New Orleans Pelicans franchise. And, and you know, he, he commented and, uh, you know, he, he stated to the media that his it was his time. Um, you know, he kind of didn't really say it, but you don't really have to say it. Basically, with what this team has surrounded him with, with what management has surrounded him with, they're just not good enough to get to where they need to be. So why waste all your years in your prime trying to get to an objective, get to a goal when it's really virtually impossible? You know what I'm saying? They try to make strides to, you know, get a Rondo uh, last year, get DeMarcus Cousins, but obviously Boogie got injured. Um, you know, they had Drew Holiday, they had Meritis. They tried to make a run last year. They made the playoffs for the second time uh, while he was in that era with them. And um, they swept the belly. I mean, they swept the, the Blazers. Then after that, you know, they got molly by the Warriors. So um, after that, you know, they start off pretty good this year, right? They start off like 5-6-0. or six and oh. I think it was them, Toronto, Milwaukee. Um, and then I think Denver were like, like the, and then the, and the Detroit Pistons were like the top. Um, teams in the NBA, they're all undefeated at one point. And then out of nowhere, they just started losing and losing and losing and losing. And I was like, damn, like, you really felt, you know, Boogie's presence being gone. You really felt Rondo's presence especially being gone. And 80s that type of player where he needs another person to help, you know, create for him. Obviously, he's going to get his own buckets, but he's not that type of player like a like a Kawhi Leonard, like a LeBron James, like a Kyrie Irving, like a Paul George, like a Russell Westbrook. Like, he's a big man, and he needs to be fed, and he needs that pressure off him with another playmaker. So um, it's kind of sad. Uh, you know, he requested a trade, but at the same time, I feel him. Um, and, you know, the Lakers obviously chimed in. Uh, <laughs> Magic Johnson really, I don't know if you guys watched Godfather, but he gave a Godfather offer <laughs> Homie offered Lazo Ball, 
Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zubak, KCP, and two first-round picks for AD. And the Pelicans didn't nudge at all. They were so petty that they went on social media and they had a, uh, I think they had a, what are those things called? Not a meme. Not a meme. What are those things called? The The emojis are the gifs. They had an emoji of that, that, uh, what's that joint called with the, it's like a time and then they're saying, you like flip it. You know uh, what I'm talking about? Hourglass. Hourglass. They, they, they tweeted the hourglass out like, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep waiting and not going to listen to you at all. Didn't so, they ask for like more draft picks too? They asked for more draft picks, but it's like, dude, you got some potential in Lonzo. What Josh, more do you want from me? What more do you want? What more do you want from me? Exactly. So you got potential in Lonzo Ball who has proven so far that he can be that game changer and um, he's slowly getting better every year. And I think he's going to be, you know, that top talent. You got Kyle Kuzma, who's a scoring machine. Brandon Ingram, who just needs to get his way up a little bit, get that jump shot a little bit more consistent. Could be the second coming of KD. Um, really not, but could be a little close to that. Josh Hart, you know, his upside to me is kind of like a Bradley Bill type of player. Yeah. Um, and Zubak, you know, has just, ever since, I would say, ever since uh, they played with the Warriors, he's been playing great basketball. So he got this really promising young talent. Didn't they talent. just get rid of Zubac too? They got rid of Zubac Sick. too. They got rid of Zubac. I don't understand it. Which didn't make any sense. Fix it, Jesus. When you got Tyson Chandler, who's what, like 37, 38 years old? Tyson Chandler might be 50. JaVel McGee, we don't know where he's going to go after that. So why not keep that young talent? Um, so you got all these picks here, and it makes sense because, you know, Pelicans at the end of the day, they, they have to, you know, look out for what's best for their organization. So um, there's definitely going to be other suitors in there. Um, and I even heard that Boston's um, definitely, you know, spoke in their ear and told them to wait until the offseason's over because we'll have a grand offer for you that you can essentially not refuse. So it makes sense for them to wait. And, you know, why would you want to trade within your conference, yep. um, you know, to make another team better when you're trying to, you know, reach something else too. So what are your whole thoughts, your two cents, yeah? Yada yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, on how you know the trade didn't go down, and and how do you feel about you know the Pelicans organization moving forward? Uh, I just think, for one, I kept wondering like who were the Lakers gonna play with when they actually made that trade. So you trade all your like your young guys, and it's like that's your rotation. Right. Yeah, you you, you trade your rotation. And you got AD, LeBron, Magic running point guard. Uh, you know, Genie Bus some in there. Uh, a small forward, and I don't know. You, you bring back some other guys from the dead. What is this like? Game of Thrones, White Walkers. Like, what's going on here? But uh, yeah, I just I know they wanted AD, and I understand that Magic has this grand plan for this coming up off season and stuff like that. But for for me, from seeing it how I saw it, I just don't understand the you know the need to just give everybody away just like that, unless you knew like, and you know. You can't believe everything you see on the internet. Damn near can't believe anything you see on the internet. So it's like, were these actually the offers they were offering people? Or was it just like packages that involved some of these people, you know? And maybe it was just got outlandish because they were like, oh, the Lakers are offering everybody for AD, when in reality that might not have actually been the case. But ah, uh, just knowing that AD wanted to go from the Pelicans. And, you know, when players like... Kawhi wanted out of the Spurs last year. He didn't play a game after they said he wanted out, you know? So it's like this this might be dooming the Pelicans in the short term anyway. And 
it might have been a good look because you know you don't want to trade in the conference. You guys are not gonna maybe not gonna make the playoffs, but just may, maybe not be good from this point out. And then you can like, all right, we can talk to Boston, we can talk to the Knicks, we can talk to like different people at this point and see what we can do in free agency. And only thing that's gonna happen in free agency if he opts out, which it looks like he will, um, is that the cap space is going to be open and then they can sign more players in a way. I mean, I don't think it's going to get done from a trade standpoint. You can just go off and sign with other players and he's going to be out of AD and then you'll just have, what, more roster spots and more money to give away. In so you're way. saying like the Pelicans, basically like if he leaves and yeah. they don't get anything for him, they can just sign some players. Yeah, they can sign some players, but who's going to be available for it to, and wants to go to the Pelicans? Exactly. So, th- and that's something that I've been talking about all year. Like these small market teams are not meant to thrive. So yeah. these big market teams, like you said, the Knicks, like the Clippers, like Boston, the Lakers, like Lakers, Boston, um, 76ers. These are these top-notch teams where you want to live at, where you want to invest at as well too, and also want to play at. I just feel like a team like the Pelicans, you're not going to get good talent unless you draft somebody, unless you trade, or you sign like a top, like a tier two, tier three type of player. So it's just going to be real tough. So I think they have to trade um, regardless because yeah. you don't want, you don't, you, you're going to want to, AD is a once in a lifetime type of player. You you cannot leave, you, you cannot let him walk by himself. He You have to get something for him. So I, I mean, if I if I was the Pelicans with two first round draft picks and that young core right there, I would take it. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, like if you're the Lakers, who do you have left? Yeah, Rondo, AD. Other than other than money that you can re up on, like the yeah. Lakers have a long term goal, or like they have a a further goal than the Pelicans would have. You know, given if they traded. AD right now. I don't think they'd make the playoffs because they'd be kids, new kids in a new town yeah. and stuff like that. But I think the Lakers know that we're gonna sign some big money players in the offseason. And the Pelicans are still like, you know, they just like they did they did they do with a whole lot of potential. Like fellas, you know when like a shoddy walked out your life and you know she always had a potential in you, but you never really let that potential manifest. And I'm sorry, I'm talking to some hearts right now. It's Valentine's Day edition, All Star Day edition. But you know, you know, you, you need you need to be a better guy, you know. And she saw the potential in you, and then she's like, you know what? I gotta I gotta go because I'm I'm done messing with potential. Ad's done messing with potential, and that's your once in a lifetime. So so maybe you were in the in the position to to let that p- potential flourish and become who you needed to be at that time. Life goes on, but life's gonna go on for the Pelicans too after after these next six months. Just like with Kyrie Irving this, with the Celtics, whether they decide to get married, as he said, in the engagement or not, but we'll see what happens in the in the league. And I, I know, I know, AD's out of there, and he's gonna sign with the Lakers. I feel like um, the Celtics will have oh, to. Sh- oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, AD has another year left on his contract. Really? Can he opt out though? He Can can't. He, he can't opt out this year. He has to opt out in 1920, so he's he going to get traded. Oh. So it may is either gonna be in the off season during. Yeah, off season like in July ish when free agency comes about, or they can wait until the trade deadline and get rid of them. Ooh, yeah. yikes! Sorry about that. Yikes! Yikes! Uh, I feel like something's brewing in the East. Celtics, Knicks up there. Somebody over there. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about a little a little bit of that later too. Um, but I mean, I guess I can talk about it now. So, uh, I think as far as landing spots, I think. The Knicks would be something to look out at, and we're going to talk about that trade deadline as well, too. But they essentially created cap space to sign two players. Brooklyn, surprisingly, after they had those bad deals when they took on um, 
KG's contract, gave away all their draft pick, took on Paul Pierce's contract. They have some clap, clap, cap space clearing up, and they look promising as well, too. We're going to talk about the Clippers as well, too. They traded away Tobias Harris and yeah. a couple other people. They have two spots, and they got two first-round draft picks, so they could potentially trade for AD and sign a player like a Kawhi or play like Kyrie. So, yeah, some, so things, things are looking good, man. Things are looking great. Um, and then Adrian Wojnarowski came out and said that Ojo. from now until the end of the season, AD's definitely going to play, but he's going to be on a minute restriction. Uh, so he may or may not play back-to-backs. Um, so do you think that is smart? Because with me, I think that is smart as well, too, uh, because you can't risk that asset if you want to trade him. So yeah. um, I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a good move. What do you think? Um, I feel like man restrictions. The thing is, I, I, had a, I had an old school basketball coach who was like, you're going to get hurt if you're not going hard with people that are going hard. And, you know, so you just can't you can't half can't half acid in a way. But uh, I think I think it's smart, you know, less less potential or less uh, chances for him to get injured in a way. So uh, I agree with you on that one. Do you think it, do you think it's moving forward? Pretty pretty awkward in the in the locker room because it's like you don't want to be there and you're essentially telling your teammates that you guys are not that good. I can't win with you. Y'all essentially trash. Uh, how like, would you feel as a teammate? But at the same time, it's like how do you feel as a teammate? But then you still have that understanding that at the end of the day, he's a grown ass man, and if he's not happy somewhere, then he then he then he he should have the ability to leave on his own. I think uh, from a from a player to player standpoint, people they're understanding more and more, and we're understanding as like fans too. Like LeBron said, it's a business. Like it's a business even from a player to player level, from a, a player to organizational level. It's just a business, and like when that stuff happens, people are gonna try to look out for the best in them and what they want. And it's simple as that. Just like the organizations are gonna try to look out for the best in them. Uh, the feeling I feel like it's like being friends with your ex girlfriend. You know, it's just awkward. It's just super awkward. Uh, you know, player to player. It always depends on how you ended it, though. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but when somebody's like, y'all, I'm trying to leave you. Trying to leave and you. then, like, oh, dang, I can't really go nowhere right now. That's just awkward. Me, just giving you all the signs of you want to leave. You just ain't catch on to that. That's awkward. Yeah. Awkward. But uh, I think the players, I mean, they understand that it's a business. They, they're in the same position as AD. Uh, from an organizational standpoint, that's going to be kind of weird. But, you know, you keep going and eventually – They'll they'll probably shop him because he doesn't want to be there, and it's not going to benefit them in the long run. That's what you want is longevity. Hopefully, I mean, some people build differently. I know the Spurs built for longevity and a solid core. Other teams do it for other reasons. You know, I look at the Lakers sometimes like how how successful are the Lakers going to be in the next you know five years to decade. I mean, if they get some young players, if they get a Kawhi, if they get an AD, they could be successful for the next five years and extend it to a decade because they could keep bringing up, you know, like kind of like the Kobe era, the Lamar Odoms, the Paul Gasol, the um, Metal World Peace, Metal World Peace, Derek Fisher, yeah. um, the other kid that could jump out the gym. I'm blanking on his name oh, right Shannon, now. Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown. Shannon yeah. yeah, they they, they re upped on that stuff and you hope that they could get back to that. But I just don't see that same layout for the Pelicans or teams in those kind of markets that have never really been those kind of teams. So, who knows? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And all this is because of that man number 23 on the Lakers, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Now, it's kind of crazy. Like, the Lakers on Christmas Day stood at number three in the West. And everything looked good. They waxed the Warriors, and we were like, wow, like, Aside from Boogie not being there yet, the Lakers actually match up pretty well. Um, 
with the Warriors because even before LeBron James got there, granted the Lakers lost to the Warriors both of those times while Alonzo was there, they still put up a fight and went to overtime twice. Yeah. Um, you know, out of playing them a total of four times. So they definitely proved that they can keep the pace with them because they're a young athletic team as well too. But when you add LeBron James, it just makes everything easier. So LeBron James gets hurt. And this guy misses a career high of 18 games. Um, so they went from, I think, I think they were like, I think they were like 16 and 16 and seven. Or I can't remember what their record was. Maybe it was somewhere or a little worse than that, but third in the West. Now they're 10th in the West. Now they're 28 and 28. Um, and like I said, LeBron James missed 18 games. Lonzo has been pretty injured. Um, although they did add uh, Muscala from the 76ers, and they added Reggie Bullock. Um, how far do you think they can go staying at number 10 in the West? And will this be the first time since 2005-2006 season where LeBron James has not made it to the playoffs? Um, ah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And thing is, I feel like the West is just getting stronger as like it comes down the stretch. And it's like, where do you make up some of these games? I'm going to believe in LeBron James some way, somehow – Blind, blind, just belief and stuff like that. Not even blind belief, because you've seen what he's done. He's, he's, he's pulled, you know, worse, maybe, you know, worse to the playoffs. Thing is, they are probably in a better position. He didn't miss 18 games either. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big thing. Like, missing 18 games, so you can't really fault him on this and one. he's in the East. And he was in the East, not at the same conference. The West is uh, totally different, totally different. I don't know if you watch basketball guys or not, but the West is totally different than the East. Ah, yeah. Um, but, <sighs> yikes. In the West, he missed 18 games. That's games you got to come back from, games that they dropped. And he came back, and they're still getting blown out here and there. I want to believe that they'll get to the playoffs simply because of LeBron James and his greatness, but does it look good? No. Do I do I believe, believe in it? Nah. <laughs> and they got 26 games left right now. Um, and like I told you before, they're 10th in the West right now. Um, and I'm just looking at the breakdown of the conference right now. Um, right now, ahead of them is surprisingly Sacramento, who's 30 and 26. They just got Harrison Barnes. We'll talk about that a little later. And the Clippers, who just traded away Tobias Harris, are number eighth at 31 and 26. Now, I think they, they got pretty blessed that Tobias Harris got traded with yes. Boban because now that that's, that's essentially telling these other players who are about to be free agents – Yo, look at how promising we were, um, and now we're just going to you know, try to tank a little bit, get out of playoffs so we can keep our protected pick, our first-round pick, and then use that to, like I said, trade to get AD and then sign another free agent. So, LeBron, you got a little lucky, um, but it's pretty, it's pretty tough, man, because I've been told that I think they have, like, they're at least in top five, like, as hard, hardest schedules moving forward. Just looking at their schedules right now, they have t- about 26 games left. You're playing, let me see right here, the Rockets, which you could lose. Definitely. Yeah, After that, I think they can win. They can beat the Hawks. They can beat the Pelicans, depending on if AD plays or not. They can beat the Grizzlies. They can beat the Pelicans again. Then you look at March forecast, they play the Bucks. That's going to be tough. They play the Nuggets. They play the Celtics again. They play the Raptors again. They play the Pistons, who are pretty formidable. They play the Bucks again. They play the Nets. They play catch up. They play the, they play the Nets again. Um, then after play, they play Utah, uh, and then in April to finish it off, they play OKC, then the Warriors, 
than the Blazers and the Jazz again. So it's like, LeBron, you just came from injury. Obviously, we would assume that you are somewhat near 100%. Obviously, you got to get everything back in into, into play with your condition and whatnot, your timing. But now, LeBron James, you're asking him to turn it up into playoff mode this early. early. So it's like, wow, even if you guys do get the seventh or the eighth seed, do you think he can still sustain that level of dominance going into the playoffs? And mind you, he's in the West now. I don't think LeBron's going to pull his hair out this season to try to make the playoffs off of, like, mediocre, you know, mediocre outings by a team that might not be vetted for the playoffs anyway. You know, after a while, he's just like, I can't do everything. LeBron's a competitor. He's going to do all he can do. He's the leader at that on the bas- on and off the basketball court. But to pull your hair out and to risk your body and your career over that, not saying he's not going to go out there and play hard, but, you know, there's going to be some things that he might have, like, he might have, you know, just been like, oh, we got to have this before. And then some things I'm like, you know what? It's going to happen because I've seen how this year's gone with this team. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why, like, if you know that I'm going to spill a glass of water every time I'm in your house, like, why, why are you going to fault me or try to pull your hair out about, you know, trying to clean your house right before I get here? I'm making a mess. Every time I get here, I make a mess. You know, it's like every, like, more, more often than not, these, the, p- the team he's with now are dropping games. And you know for yourself that you're consistent. You did what you had to do. And you know where your career is going and what you could have this next year. You're not going to sweat me who's only going – like, I'm your cousin. I'm only going to be here for a week. And I'm like, mess up your house here and there. You're just going to wait. You're going to clean after I'm gone because you know yourself, you know? And at the same time, I agree with you on that. But I kept thinking, like, are the Lakers – building for the long term or for the short term. Now, I personally think they're building for the short term because I thought that it was always in their plans to develop that young talent and A, either trade them once they got LeBron James or B, try to take that Golden State route, get them from in-house, mold them, and then you sign the free agents like how they got uh, Andrew Boga through trade, how they got um, David Lee through free agency, how they got Andre Iguodala through free agency, and then Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry just emerged. So that's what I was thinking. But now it's like LeBron James LeBron James is 34 years old. Yeah. So are you asking him to sacrifice another year and he just came off his worst career injury where he missed 18 games? Do you really want to do that? And then I think he's so great that I think he's going to personally try to find a way to make the playoffs because I think you don't just go to the finals that that long. And like I said, last time they missed the playoffs was 04, 05 when he was with Cleveland. Yeah, um, first two years. First two first. First two years they missed the playoffs, and I think the first year he went to the playoffs, I think he went to the finals, or the second he went to the finals, which is crazy, <laughs> which is crazy beating the Pistons. Um, but I don't think he, I don't think he wants to waste this year. I think he wants to make make the best out of it. Now, has he came to terms that he can potentially not beat the Warriors? Yes, but I'm thinking Warriors pretty much got the number one seed in lock. Number two is probably going to more than likely be Denver. If you creep and get the seventh seed, I think. LeBron James and Rondo with that talent, I think they can upset, upset the them. I know. I think they can upset you. I mean, the Denver Nuggets. Okay, Denver if Nuggets. The, if they're the seventh seed. Okay. No, they can get the Denver Nuggets. They can get the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And if you can get the Nuggets, I trust LeBron James to be able to possibly play against the Thunder, possibly play against That'd the Rockets. That would be a crazy matchup. A Thunder yeah. seven-game series with the Lakers. That would be P- crazy. PG going crazy. But, yeah, yeah um, we're just going to see. And one thing – 
it's kind of crazy when you look at him with his stats and you you just be like, what? But Lonzo Ball is is being missed on the defensive end right now. He's hooping, hooping? He, or no, he's not in. He's not, he's not in. He, he wow. sprained his ankle. I think he's going to be out for at least one or three more weeks. Wow. Um, and it's crazy. I was looking at some stats. They are the seventh best ranked defensive team when he's playing and holding teams to 106.7 points per game. And when he's not playing, they're 26th in the NBA for defense, and they allow 117 points per game. Defense is still important, kids. Defense is still important. So Even in the West Coast. So we'll see, man. Lonzo come back, uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens from there. So, um, yeah, hopefully LeBron James finds a way. And it's kind of like Brady at this point. I don't really bet against LeBron James like that, so. Come on, man. Tighten it up. Y'all tighten it up and, and, and do something for them. So with the major trades, uh, I think I would just want to, you know, drop fire straight away. Uh, so one of the <laughs> biggest <laughs> trades that we've discussed, and I'll say the best trade for last, but one of the biggest trades that I've discussed and what I want to discuss is the Toronto Raptors, man. Um, credit to Masai Ujiri. He's the GM. Um, and I remember when he, you know, first got rid of DeMar DeRozan and got – uh, Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, he he started off with the press conference when he introduced him. He's saying, you know, he started off with that insanity quote, like, what is insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. Now, if you're going to keep going to the playoffs and keep losing to the same team year by year, you're not showing real progression as far as, like, playoff success, you got to change it up. You got to get something better. So, like I said, they went out and got KD, I mean, got Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. And they went out and got Danny Green, um, and Siakam has emerged. Kyle Lowry has been more of a leader, um, very, you know, just getting his teammates involved. You got, like I said, um, Serge Ibaka, who redefined his game as well, too, and this young talent just playing better. Um, so they went out, and they traded for Mark Gasol, um, and they swapped Mark Gasol for uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Deleon Wright, who's going to be missed, CJ Miles in a 2024 second-round pick. Um, so obviously with the Bucks and 76ers making moves, they clearly didn't want to, um, be complacent. So like that's, that, that's basically where the insanity quote came from. So, um, I think that was a great, great, great pickup. And that may be one of the best trades, um, you know, from, from the entire season. Uh, Gasol, um, bonafide dog, um, former all-star. He's a little, you know, old in age, but averaging 16 points this year, nine rebounds, five assists, and shooting 44% from the field. Um, and if you guys already know, I am a diehard Spurs fan, so I just remember uh, just those years going back and forth, whether I've been Dallas or or whatever, or, or Memphis Grizzlies. Marcus Gasol was always that guy that we always had to constantly, constantly change the game plan for. So this gives the, the Toronto Raptors another look. You got this high post pastor. You got a guy who is very dominant on the defensive end as far as protecting the rim. You got a guy who can post up and a guy who can stretch the floor now and shoot the open tray. Um, so I think you're going to need that going into the playoffs when you have to go up against that size um, in the Memphis, I mean, in the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, that size with Joel Embiid with the 76ers. Um, and then also that that size with the Celtics about too. So I think this it's gonna be a little curving, you know, a little, a little period. Um, there's gonna be some curveballs tossed their way, but I think uh, this is gonna be something special, and uh, this, this is gonna be interesting, man. How do you, how do you feel about this Mark Gasol trade to the, the to the, to the, to Toronto, Toronto Raptors? Yeah, I, feel it. <laughs> I feel it, bro. Um, I think it's a good look, and I, and I, you know, shout out to the GM up there in Toronto because he realizes that everything's on a collision course, and it's just about, you know. Who, who got your back? Who, 
who got the best kind of squad, who, who's making the changes and adjustments now so they can be ready when it comes to you're playing teams seven games. And, you know, they're not going to play anybody seven more times before the end of the season with 26 games left for everybody. And it's going to be hard to make a game plan for the new additions until, you know, you see them one or two times in the playoff series. So it's smart. He's putting his new coach, head coach, in a great position. He's putting his players in a great position because, you know, Kawhi, Mark Gasol on the same team, Kyle Larry getting a, like a, a kind, of, kind of a fresh start and a new look with his team. And, uh, you know, just the, the role players, too, up there. Uh, you, the 26 games give you time to buy in. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. And on top of that, it's just, again, seeing somebody seven times. And you there's a lot of interchangeable parts up there, a lot of people playing well. You know, you got to find the consistencies uh, as far as playoffs goes. But, again, playoffs also are about adjustments. So it's going to be hard to adjust to somebody that, can adjust in a lot of different ways with your other teams. So they're always going to be on attack in a way, and the other team is always going to kind of be on defense. So if you have to come up to a, a Brad Stevenson, who is an amazing basketball – Brad Stevens, Brad Stevenson? Brad Stevenson. Brad Stevenson, who's an amazing basketball mind, might be ready for you. He's probably looking at them already and saying, all right, how can we do this? You know, it, it kind of prepares you and over-prepares you just for going up against somebody like that. And somebody that has, has a Mamba gene – and Kyrie Irving that you know at any time could end the game with a dagger, you know? Uh, and, and, it push, and it push you, again, like maybe a, a head over a hill above a Milwaukee who doesn't have the the experience and a team like Philly that might not have the, the mesh of players that, that would go well into the playoffs. You know, like Jimmy Butler has been playoff tested, but the other guys, you know, how are they going to perform in the playoffs? So you, you never know with that. But – I think it's a good look for Toronto. Uh, also, I had a conversation today. One of those teams is going to miss somebody. So, so as far as, like, the matchup goes. So, you have maybe, say, just for, for a sake. So, we'll have Milwaukee 1, Toronto 2, and Celtics 3. And then you have Philly 4. And then Indiana's dropping slowly because of it. Oladipo's out. But, you know, somebody's going to miss a playoff matchup with somebody that they probably – really don't want to see because of the seeding goes. So you might have a Toronto that plays a Philly, and that's a, a easier pass than having to play the Celtics, you know, earlier in the in the you know the final in the semifinals of it, you know, in in a way. So I think it's a, it's a good move for them all around and a shout out to the GM up there and we'll see what happens. The East is getting very very uh very crazy. Yeah, and and that's one thing that I that I was a little worried about because obviously you guys know my favorite player is Kawhi Leonard, and I've been following the Raptors a lot this year. Um, so I've just been watching them day by day, game by game, week by week, month by month. And one thing I've, you know, I was so high on was Kyle Lowry going into the season. You know, he started off averaging like 17 and 10. Um, you know, had, he was a league, league leader in um, assists. And just watching him live against the Wizards when John Wall was still healthy, like he outplayed this guy and he instantly won me over. Then he just started to take a dip, um, and scoring-wise, he just was out of sync. He's still trying to find his rhythm right now, um, and I'm kind of – I was a little worried going into the playoffs. I'm like, dude, Kawhi can't do all this by himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's just going to get even more worn out. So that's why I really love the – I mean, the Marc Gasol trade because seeing Marc Gasol from the past and even two years ago when LeBron – I mean, when uh, Kawhi played against Memphis when they went to a grueling – uh, six games. Yeah. Marc Gasol is another guy who can help Kawhi Leonard close the game. So I think that kind of gives Kyle Lowry another uh, 
gives it takes a, a little bit of pressure off of him. Um, and you have someone that you can essentially lean on as well too. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. It's is the that Lakers playoff like Paul experience. Gasol type move. Yeah. yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. So I think they're still going to uh, get that number two seed. It'll be nice if they get number one seed. But man, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, I think the Pacers are going to drop from the top four. Yeah. So like you said, I think it's going to be. The Bucks won Toronto to Philly three and the Ooh. Celtics four. Ooh. So that means in the second round they got to play each other. Yeah, so, so that, that's that's big right there. That's, that's huge. That's od. So <laughs> any team can win right now. So it's just crazy. I, and, and and for real, for real, just shout out to LeBron James for leaving the East. <laughs> just makes makes it more exciting. Can you imagine if the Wizards? Coexisted, John will never got hurt, and then can you imagine if Oladipo didn't get hurt, yeah. and then the emergence of the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, it's the East is tough. Kind of scary, like and Victor Oladipo, he's like getting up shots right now. Like yeah. he has a broke leg, and like they took LeBron James to seven series, so that's not no pushover team up and there. They're still playing well without him. That's what's crazy. Scary. Who's their backup point guard up there? Tyree Evans, I think. Okay, I think Evans. he kind of plays okay. that. So. Interesting. Hey, shout out, shout out to Indiana. Moving on to them, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the number one seed in the East. They just had a three-team deal, which ended with Meritich on the Bucks. Uh, Pistons received Thumb Maker and RIP, and then the Bucks, uh, like I said, got uh, Meritich from the Pelicans. So um, it's a pretty good trade. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, um, the Pistons. No, the Pelicans got Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, Meritage went to the Bucks, and then Dominic went to the Pistons. Um, so I liked it a lot, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've always been a fan of Meritage, even when he was a rookie um, on the Bulls back when D-Rose had his last glorified year going to the playoffs with the emergence of Jimmy Butler. Um, he was just a sniper from three. So yeah. um, Giannis, this, this is great for him, you know what I'm saying? You just add another bona fide shooter um, with some length right there, too. Uh, how do you feel about that now? That just adds a whole new look to him because now you can, you can essentially put Giannis at the five <laughs> and have Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton with Meritage right there. That's a deadly lineup too. Uh, how do you feel about this trade for the Bucks? And obviously you said a little earlier um, that what might hurt them is their lack of experience, but um, adding a player like Meritage who's been in the playoffs in the East and in the West too, yeah. uh, how do you feel like how do you how do you feel like that adds to the Bucks and what do you expect from them moving forward? It's uh it's it's more like just sharpening your sword. Uh, it's it's crazy because like the East is kind of a game of like it's kind of a, a episode of Game of Thrones, you know. Um, I won't I won't spoil anything for anybody, but <laughs> it's just like there's so many narratives and it's all you know coming to a clash and it's like who's gonna sit on the throne, you know per se in the East because. We, we feel like the West is lopsided already, but it's like, who's going to sit on the throne in the East? And, you know, adding a shooter to a team that already has a a five, a center-like player that plays the point guard role that could, you know, dish the rock. And if you don't get in front of him or you, you hope, or if you stay on the shooter, he's going to drive right past you and dunk on you like he's been doing all year. And, you know, it's just – how how do you prepare for something like that? Same as how do you prepare for a a, a player like Kawhi Leonard with a Marcus Aldridge that can stretch the floor with the Kyle Lowry with the Danny Green with and then you get to the Celtics you have expend like expendable players that can 
come at you like a deep bench that can come at you, come at you, come at you. You have Philly that just added to Tobias Harris, who's like a double double kind of player with a Jimmy Butler, with a Embiid and a Ben Simmons that can do a lot of the things that Giannis does and might have a better handle on you know the point guard role of stuff. And it's just like you know you don't you don't really see who's like taking the L here. Even from a matchup standpoint, then it comes to like coaching. You have the players. Now it comes to the X's and O's. And in a seven game series, you know, I feel like the East could could potentially tire themselves out when it comes to a to a finals run, because you you could go deep each series in like each one of these series, and then you at get there from, at least from the second round. Yeah, open up. Yeah, and so you you coming off of a lot more games than maybe a Warriors to get high have to play. So it's like wow. It's, it's going to be incredible to watch. And I, I commend all these coaches for sharpening their tools, but it's just like you, you do your best and hope it pays off. And it's like you, they studied their best for right now, and you're just hoping that it pays off when you take the test in the morning. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's going to be interesting. We're going to see what the Bucks talking about. So I like them right now, but I don't – like I said, I don't really trust them because they haven't even got out of the first round yet. Granted, LeBron James is not there anymore. Um, and Giannis has gotten better. They did get a new coach in Budenhoser, who I think is right now probably the best coach, best, best coach in the East right now. Um, and, you know, we're going to see, man. It's just going to be interesting. Another trade that went down, um, Harrison Barnes got traded to the Kings for uh, Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. So Harrison Barnes, if you guys don't know, he was on Dallas, um, and he signed a pretty good contract when he was a restricted free agent uh, former champion with the Golden State Warriors. And, uh, yeah, you know, right now, like I told you before, I think the Sacramento Kings stand at 31-29, and 29 and they are ninth in the West. So they're very well on the cusp of going into playoffs. And I think, you know, adding a reliable shooter. Um, Sacramento with a Iman Shepard on the team too, right? Shepard got traded to the oh, Rockets. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Shump, man, shump, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's me. me. <laughs> But yeah, so adding a uh, you know a reliable shooter uh, who can stretch the floor and just a you know flat out score, um, I think that helps with the backcourt, the young backcourt of Buddy Hield and De'Aaron Fox. But Buddy Hield's uh, shooting crazy this season too. Yeah. He's shooting crazy from the arc. Yeah, so stupid. Uh, it's crazy. I remember when um, Demarcus Cousins got traded for Buddy Hield. Everyone was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Because Buddy Hield was just he's a kind of a late bloomer now. So yeah. it's crazy how you know. You know, hard work pays off, so I'm proud of what he's doing this year as well, too. I remember when he gave VCU, like, 30 points in that playoff game. I remember when D'Angelo Russell busted our ass, too, in the yeah, NCAA he, he tournament. Um, but, yeah, so my thing is, like, I don't really, per se, care about this trade. But one thing I wanted to bring to light was how we need to stop essentially getting mad at players wanting to decide their own fate when these organizations are, you know, essentially like slave masters, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because he was playing his last game with Dallas, had an okay game, and in the third in the third quarter, he had found out that he got traded. So they took him out of the game, and he literally rode the bench, and he was just looking sad. LeBron James chimed in and, saying, and said some stuff about it too, but like – can you be mad at this point in age when players want to decide their own fate, like an AD requesting a trade, like a Kawhi uh, requesting a trade, Jimmy Butler requesting a trade, um, Kyrie Irving requesting a trade? You you don't owe organizations nothing. Anything. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a business. And it, you know, when people are 
Ryan Ryan I guess I feel like, you know, they it gives them some different type of power like over you or the, the perception is a little bit different and it has been different they've they great in just like controlling the narrative of you know getting the fans involved oh this guy's not loyal it's not about the end of the day like the guy has a family the guy has goals he wants to accomplish and the guy has a life outside of basketball too so you can't you can't be mad at these players for requesting a trade it, if, if the business is cutthroat then you know you have to be cutthroat at every angle you can't you can't go into a, a, a gunfight with a knife. It's not going to work. And the players are realizing that when it comes to these trade requests, what, no matter what the feeling is, no matter the reason why, you know, and sometimes, like, we've talked about Kyrie up here and stuff and different things. No matter the reason why, you can't be mad at them because they could get shipped at any moment. Granted, the superstar players sometimes are a little different until, like, you, co- you come to, like, the end of, like, their tenure, you might see them, like, kind of phasing out, maybe, sort of, kind of. Then you get into, like, maybe, like, some of, like, the, the Pat Riley-ish kind of thing where it's, like, he should have just let Dwayne Wade stay there the whole time but and, like, paid him for everything he did for the franchise. But he was, like, nah, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to give you a kind of, like, a thank you kind of contract. It's going to be more like you're going to take this cut, you can get out kind of way. So you have to – you have to – you know, commend players for just being proactive about what's right for them, what's going to make them feel good. And you, you can't knock anybody. You can't really judge anybody in, in any aspect of that. So I, I feel like it's it's uh, it's level in the playing field. The trade request is kind of a tool that players are using. And, you know, moving forward, it, we might see a different kind of league and a different kind of appreciation on both sides for players and maybe the franchises as well. And it's just crazy, too. It's like, picture, like, a normal person. Like, you get traded. What if you're married and you have kids? You're on a routine. You got to literally, you get that phone call from your agent. and You got to pack up. You got to rock. Now you got to worry about what is your family going to do. Now you got to worry about, am I going to sell my crib or not? Now you got to worry about making new friends, making new team teammates and meeting new teammates, meeting a new organization. So it's kind of like you're that outsider too. And it takes a while for certain people to open up to other people, but it's just crazy. Just thinking about thinking about it from a human standpoint as well too. So um, I'm all for players obviously. So do what you got to do, control your own fate because you don't owe anything to anybody. And so. you still got to go out there and play basketball at a high level night in and night out. Or are you going to be out of the league? Going to be out of the league. That's why these players, when they, Done with their rookie contracts or done with their first official contract, they be trying to get that bank. (laughs) So you can't even blame them for that as well, too. Um, So next, the Knicks, uh, pretty interesting, made some headlines as well, too. I was very, very shocked when I heard that they dealt Christoph Porzingis to the Mavs in the seven-player trade. So Dallas received Christoph Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, and the Knicks received Dennis uh, Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks. At first, I was a little mad about it because I was like, dude, I thought you wanted to essentially sell the idea of getting a, a top draft pick with, you know, promising Porzingis and then getting two free agents. But um, obviously, they didn't see eye to eye. I can't wait till we hear what really went down. But um, I think it's a win-win on both sides because you do set yourself up, at least from the Knicks' point of view, uh, to clear some cap space, and then you can sign two free agents. Um, but if you don't sign those free agents, because it's crazy, because like the top tier free agents are Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Um, after that, it's really like, uh, so it's like, 
if you don't get the number one pick and you don't get no draft picks, you're essentially fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna it, it's gonna be real interesting uh, to see how they pan out because at the same time, I was like, why would you try to even trade to get these pretty solid play? I would say DeAndre Jordan is one of the is a good is a good starting center. Yeah. Wesley Matthews is a pretty good two way player. Dennis Smith Jr. has some promise. So. Do you want to compete or do you want to tank at this point? I just feel like adding those players, you're not you're not playing Competing. to the worst of your abilities, if that makes any sense. So it's going to be interesting, too. Um, so hopefully they can get some picks. Um, but more so importantly, you got Luka Donich, who's about to be paired up with Christophe Porzingis. It's like a Steve Nash on steroids and then the athletic version of Dirk Nowitzki. When you have a Dirk Nowitzki who they said he's going to retire this year and he's still going to have a job within that organization. So you have someone who can mold him as well, too. How do you feel about the Mavericks moving forward? Oh, and that's another reason why they, you know, traded away Harrison Barnes and cleared some cap space as well, too. Um, but how do you feel about this potential new era in Dallas with Porzingis and Luka Donich? I think uh, Mark Cuban as an owner and then okay. solid and then just just his organization in a whole. I think he understands what what his his fan base and his organization is used to. And this this is a look that you know the the Texas teams you know like Spurs, Dallas they they built kind of differently. Like they uh I mean they had Jason Terry and they had Dirk Nowinski. And they built around those for a lot of years. But just like the Spurs, they built around a lot of their foreign players. And that's just the market that their fans are familiar with. So it, it brings a different kind of buzz to that. And then when you have the people on the outside, and the, and then you kind of trickle it down to like the owners kind of like having a familiar, or the organization having a familiar uh, a look to what they had. Like they won a championship with those teams. So it's, it looks familiar. But th- this time you have like Donick that's going crazy. Luca's going crazy. You have... And Luca just said, sorry for cutting you off, Luca just, sh- just said it's easier to score in the NBA as opposed to the EuroLeague, which is kind of disrespectful. But. Sussing, sussing, sussing on you. But, um, yeah, like, Luca's going crazy. Porzingis is going to be a hard matchup for anybody. And it seems like they're, they're trying to clear something up for another guy that can come in and be an impact player, trading Harrison Barnes, getting some cap space. They have some more movable parts, too. And, again, it's, it's a... It's an image they've seen before, and they're comfortable with, and the fans are going to buy in. It's going to be crazy in there. The atmosphere is going to be totally different going forward when Porzingis gets back to full health, and it's, it's commendable. Like It's commendable. Like You know your lane. You're going to stay in it, and you're going to ride it out because it's what you do. You're not going to try to be anybody else. You're not going to try to be a sh- crazy shooting team. You're not going to try to do any of that. You're just going to pick your players how you want to pick your players, and you're going to Let's ball what we got in the background. Yeah. So kudos to Dallas, man. Aside from that little, you know, conduct that went on with them that made some news earlier this year. Aside from that, um, they've been a pretty good organization, essentially making the playoffs every year, been competitive, went to the finals twice in our lifetime, um, went up against D-Wade, lost that first year, then got his revenge. Um, so pretty good. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is what I want to ask you about. Like I said, I don't really care too much about this trade, but obviously John Wall got injured, so um, the Wizards, I guess, still want to remain competitive. So they got uh, Otto, Porter, Otto Porter Jr. 
dealt to the Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Um, how do you feel about that trade as a Wizards fan? Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to stop screaming out here. But, oh, my oh my goodness. John Wall out. They shipped Otto Porter. I just... I'm speechless, kind of, sort of, because I don't want to say anything that that you know might might go against the grain. But at the same time, it's just like, again, what have you done for me lately? Other than like leave me running out on me already. Got what you needed, I guess. I guess, and I don't want to hurt nobody. That's why I'm not with nobody. It's like they're not with nobody right now. It's, it's tough. And I, I had to let that out because I felt that in my soul. You know, John Wall's hurt. He's about to go get his degree. Like, he's moving on. He's moving on. And it's, it, it's tears in my eyes, you know. Uh, and from an organizational standpoint, I just don't get it. The East is getting better. Are, are the Wizards going to tank for a top draft pick? Do we have a top draft pick? I don't, I don't think we have a top draft pick. Like, it's like playing spades. It's like... You know, you ain't got no cars, bro. Like we ain't got, we ain't got no spades. Just bluffing, lying <laughs> to your organization, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spades. It's like we we ain't got no spades. I ain't got a joker in my hand. Like I ain't got a deuce. We not we not playing deuce deuce. Yeah, you know, I don't. I ain't got nothing, bro. And it's like, oh, what you want to bet? What you want to book? I'm a book. Are we going to have four? You sure you're going to have four? You sure you're going to have four? Right, I'm going to give four. And then you mess around and renege. Bro, this is, this is stressing me out just talking about it, bro. Um, so, so some final words on that subject. Um, the Wizards, I, I think we need new management. Simple as that. John Wall, I hope you get your degree. Like, shout out to you, man. Go get that thing. How you ruptured your Achilles in your house. Yeah, and that's what I want to talk about. We can talk about that actually now since we're still on the Wizards. So, John Wall ruptured his Achilles, uh, his left Achilles tendon that he suffered as a result of a slip and fall at his home. Um, Achilles injuries are pretty tough to come from. Um, You know, we've seen uh, DeMarcus Cousin, who looks pretty healthy, although he only played X amount of games. Looks pretty healthy. He's moving pretty good. Um, Mike Conley came back pretty healthy, looking good. Um, I think Dominique Wilkins tore his Achilles early on in his career, came back, made an impact. Um, then you have a player like a Elton Brand, and then you have a player like a Kobe Bryant, who when they hurt that particular area in their body, they didn't come back 100%. Do you think John Wall is going to come back to 100%? Do you think he's going to come back to play that he is, like, like, what do you think realistically is going to happen to to John Wall? Do you think it's over, or do you think he still has something left in the tank? Because he has a lot to prove, and he's had a bad rap these couple of years um, with him not being a good leader and kind of disturbing the locker room and, um, you know, just questioning, you know, his ability to, to win and, and, and do, do stuff in the playoffs. I think um, John Wall still has a lot left to give. Uh, that's my guy. I'm not gonna bet against him. I've seen him up close firsthand. He's a he's a workhorse and he's a he's a competitor. Um, 
I think what might happen is he might get into a situation that maybe money-wise he's just, just not going to be for. But at the same time, I feel like if he he might be a really good guard that finds his way into a, a into a situation that might be more than what he expected it to be because of him and because of if he, if he really, like, really um, comes into the situation and accepts his role in the situation and, you know, comes in with an open mind, he, 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 a good a good or decent team could get him and he, he can make a decent team a good team or he can make a good team even better, granted that it meshes well. And the thing is, if people really believe John Wall to not be the leader that he is, why haven't they shopped him before? Maybe because of the contract? I don't know. But why haven't they shopped him? Because, like, you know, camaraderie is a big thing in the locker room, and you have players that, that could ball. You had, you had a team that was, you know, with John Wall, though, that was, like, second in the East and doing numbers. Why not try to try to shop him and keep that camaraderie and then just kind of, like, grind it out without him? But I think they know that he's a player with some intangibles, and wherever he goes from here or even if the, the Wizards continue to build around him – I feel like John Wall is going to be solid. It's just organizational. I don't. I don't understand where we're going. Yeah, um, and and then to you know just to add to that, obviously they're a small market team, so small. you need some form of a franchise player, an all star, to get the fans to get some tickets. So they may have just had to sign a contract for him just because of that. But obviously it wasn't just because of that because at one point you would argue that he was the best point guard in the East for a couple years. Just so happened that Kyrie happened to play with LeBron James, um, and he really just took over as well, too. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I love John Wall personally. He's one of my favorite players to watch. When he's on, he's on. Um, you know, He's one of the reasons why I went to a couple of Wizards games since he's been there as well, too. So um, if there's anyone that can you know, battle through adversity, just – Based on his past history and what he's been through as well, too, um, he, sh- he should be able to do it. And uh, I think this is going to be some time for him to really self-reflect um, on everything and just reevaluate some things. And I think that's going to be a blessing for him as well, too. Um, and it's pretty good, like you said, too. You know, he's about to go back to Kentucky um, to get his, you know, education. And um, he's going to go for business because he told his dad, he promised his dad that he was going to finish college. So um, shout out to him, you know what I'm saying? And it's always good Bliss. to invest in strengthening your mind. Um, so, you know, this can, you know, pave the way. Um, you know, people who look up to him, you know, may, you know, be in, a, in an instance where they didn't believe they can do whatever, and they're looking up to him now. Oh, if he can go back to school, I can go to school too. If he can do this, I can do that too. So, um, I think I think it's going to be good. Uh, obviously, it sucks from a fan standpoint. You don't get to see your star player um, up there, but you know what I'm saying. If you're a fan, just stick with them through the process. Have your prayers up there, and you know anything can happen. Like you said, we don't know what pick they're going to get this year, but they could get a pick. Um, you know. We'll see what happens. But like I said, too, I I think it starts with management. You definitely just got to clear management and just bring in um, some new pieces because they're not getting anywhere with how they're constructed right now, a.k.a. um, operation, get Bradley Beal the fuck up out of there. Run away from me, baby. I don't want Bradley Beal to rot over there, man. Run away. It's not looking good. But anyways, to be continued on the John Wall saga. And it's a huge conspiracy. How did he really get hurt? What did he do? I don't think he slipped on the ground, but that's just me. 
you know, tubs are real slippery, man. You know, he probably had that, like, he had that, ah, he had that, that tub. Ah, know that shit. You know what I'm saying? I know that joint. Hurt, you know, too. We, I can feel that pain we, we've right all there. In the, we've all slept in the tub before, man. We, I believe you, John. I believe you. Yeah, we believe you, but get better, John Wall. Uh, you know, all praise and love to you. Next thing I want to talk about before we get into the biggest trade of the trade deadline, um, Markel Fultz got traded from the 76ers. Former number one pick, uh, got traded to the 76ers for Jonathan Simmons, who's a solid, you know, role player. And they also got a protected 2019 first round and 2019 second round pick. 76ers got that, by the way. Um, So, you know, just watching folks in college, uh, I was like, yeah, for sure. He's the number one pick. there's just nothing he couldn't do from an offensive standpoint, and I really thought he was going to be that missing piece to the whole process in in Philadelphia. But obviously, some things happen. Um, he hurt his shoulder. Rumors has it that which the process it. turned into a project. It's no longer a process anymore, guys. It's now a project. Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's All definitely right. now a project. It's not it's not a semester thing. This is a you, you it's Monday, and you have till next class period to get this done. done. You know, it's a project, so hey. Hey, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they traded away Markel Fultz. He he looked so promising over there, but I think um, it was just about that time. I think he wasn't going to be able to reach his full potential staying over there in Philly, especially with that crowd being very demanding of him. So I think uh, I think Elton John, I mean Elton Brand, I'm sorry, um, did, 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 did not only the organization a favor, but did – more so, Markel Fultz, of, you know, a favor of just going to a new team and having a team that is sort of, you know, uh, high risk, low. I mean, high. Would you say? Would you say it's a high risk, high reward, or a low risk, high reward? I say um, low expectation, high reward. If you go in there playing, start mm-hmm. balling, because yeah. you got what Aaron Gordon on the team. Yeah, Aaron like, Gordon. Yeah. You, you can get some hype around that. Some mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, Better, I mean, better weather than Philly, you know, yeah. Orlando, Disney World, downtown Orlando. Uh, I mean, I would love playing down there or playing mm-hmm. anywhere in Florida. But, uh, yeah, like, low expectations, so low risk, uh, high reward if you can ball out down there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was rumors that it wasn't really a – it was more to his injury than just uh, the shoulder thing. You know, he, he injured it in a more drastic way. Yeah, I think they're saying he got nerve damage from a car accident. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy, man. Uh, do you think he's going to end up the biggest bust? Do you think he's going to find a way to be the player that we want him to be? Um, it's tough because if you're talking from a ner- nerve standpoint or like a health standpoint, sometimes you can't come back from that. Like you can't like nerves are nerves, bro. Unless you have some kind of crazy surgery, I don't know. I don't know where you would get that at, but. Nerves are nerves, so like I feel like if he can be healthy, you know, nothing's gonna replace playing 18 years of basketball that year at Washington. And even knowing how to play basketball, nothing's gonna replace that except something can hinder you from that, and that's what's happening. He's being hindered from playing basketball the way he knows how to play it. Yeah, so you know, shout out to him, um, and we're gonna see what happens, man. Prayers going up to him as well too, cause he. Man, if he gets it together, bro. <laughs> he was like 25 points a game, 25 and maybe like possibly 10 assists. I wouldn't say 10 assists, but possibly 10 assists. He could be double-double in points and assists easy. 
I really want him to be a part of that process. And it, and I know from from the GM perspective, the ownership perspective, he's just like, damn, we really missed on a De'Aaron Fox type of player, a yeah. Donovan Mitchell type of player, even a Kyle Kuzma type of player. More so importantly, Jason Tatum. Yikes. So it makes you wonder what if, but... Like he said, there's no more process. It's a project. And random question. When was the last time you saw a Duke kid that was a bust? Just, just wondering. Like Christian Leitner, that's probably about it. Yeah. Uh, would you would you say Jaleel Okafor is a bust? Because like, he was a number two pick. I think Jaleel Okafor has some tough uh, scenarios that he was in. He was playing behind some people that he might not should have been playing behind. And he, and, and he had that little altercation which kind of messed some things up too when yeah. he left the club. Yeah. Like but snuff somebody or something like that. You can't snuff somebody when you're like seven foot tall. Just <laughs> shut not kids, fair. kids, you can't do that. You just can't do that. It's just no matter what they do, you can't snuff somebody. Um but yeah, uh and GMs, I wonder if they're looking at that as like, are you really gonna even if the kid is doing numbers, are you gonna go against a dude kid that, you know, played in a system where it's just like a Cam Reddish and Maybe like the kid from Murray State, Jay Jay Morant. He's yeah. he's predicted to go number two. Cam Reddish is playing in the ACC, and he's like the number three or four option on the Duke team. Will you take Jay Morant or you take Cam Reddish on your team? And then like Duke players have been proven, you know, and they that's kind of like a factory. You know what you're gonna get. It's the Ford factory. Just like Jay Morant might be a further off player, like. Granted, he's doing numbers. I'm not not not, to, not knocking this kid. I'm just saying, from a program standpoint, Duke doesn't really produce too many busts. They get kids that come in there, do their job, and contribute to teams right away. So maybe GMs need to look at that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're gonna see, man. Now the moment we all been ma- waiting for. <laughs> Seventy sixes, man. The pr- the process is over. They are here, and they are to be mo- not to be. Mo- play with um so 76ers got james ennis from houston and uh for a 2021 second round pick swap and more importantly they got the jack of all trades tobias harris mark Janovich, and mike scott um for wilson chandler mike muscala who's now uh, on the lakers landry Shamet, 2020 first round pick and a 2021 first round pick two future second round picks from detroit um two words it used to be three words, trust the process. Now it's two words all in. So Elton Brand did an extremely, extremely, extremely great job this year. Like, let's just think about this. In his little stint in Philly, he got Jimmy Butler and he got Tobias Harris. Two, Jimmy Butler's an all-star. Obviously, this year he didn't make the all-star this year, but all-star level player. Then you bring in Tobias Harris, who is an all-star level player. And this year he's averaging 21 points per game, eight rebounds, three assists. They arguably have the best starting five in the East and the second best starting five in the entire NBA. Their bench got a little better. Like I said, you got Boban coming off the bench. You got O'Connell coming off the bench. You got Jonathan Simmons, who is tough, coming off the bench right now too. James Ennis is pretty solid. Just came from Houston. Um, And then you got Mike Scott. So, Mike, 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 Mike. Hey, shout out 757, shout out Deep Creek, Mike Scott. Yo. For sure. So, like, they're they're looking pretty dominant, man. Um, So, Tobias Harris, man, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't really watch the Clippers play like that. Sometimes I watch, you know, some of the highlights depending on um, what teams they play. But just watching him in this small sample size um, with that first game. Who they play the first game? Who they play? I'm going blank. I know they played the Lakers the night uh, a couple nights ago. And then who did they play? 
I can't remember who they played. It was pretty. Oh, they played Denver. Okay. So they played the Denver Nuggets and they played the Lakers. Um, wow, Tobias Harris, man, six eight walking bucket can handle the ball. Is a great three point shooter. Kind of reminds it, you of a of a young Joe Johnson in a way. Ah, kinda sorta, I can see that. Kind of, sort of. I can sorta. see that. I mean, he's not. He's not just like you know Joe Buck is just yet. Not no ISO Joe. Not no not no ISO Joe just yet. But he. He's a utility knife. He just cuts you any way that, you know, he cuts any way you need and whatever you need. So He just plays basketball the right way. Um, and then, like, your your center your centerpiece is already the big three and uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and and um, Jimmy Butler. And now you have a sniper still in J.J. Redick, and then you have a Tobias Harris. Scary. Big, big time scary. If they get it together, they will probably be the team coming out of the East right now. Because you have options now, um, and in the playoffs, the game gets slowed down. You can play through Joel Embiid, um, and then you have snipers out right there. And it kind of, you can kind of, you, you now we're 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 giving so much, you know, hate towards Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. He can actually take his time and yeah. learn how to shoot now because Didn't you have he shot a three the other day, <laughs> which is crazy, and I like that. That's 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 going to be positive moving forward. But now you have Ben Simmons who essentially doesn't have to become a solid or respectable shooter for a while now because you have all this talent around him. So yeah. he really has the pieces around like how Giannis has a team around now to really thrive. So um, if they can get it together, if they can put their pride aside. And ride for me. I was waiting for you. I guess it wasn't time. But you went and chose a side that wasn't mine. You're so predictable. I hate people. Like, I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Segway, segway. <laughs> but yeah, if they if they can put their pride aside um, and, and just come together, bro, they're gonna be dangerous. And that and that's one thing we're gonna talk about a little later after this with the Celtics. Like, you have the Celtics who are young bulls who have tasted success, who are having a, their expired rookie contracts, want to get paid, want to show that they are good, and then you already have these other players who have already proven that they're good players who only want winning as an winning as an objective there's no ceiling for them right now um and i know they played only two times together they already just seem like they play so well together offensively obviously they got to fix their turnovers and fix a few things defensively but wow yeah, <laughs> i i think i think depending on the seedings as well too i think they can come get away i think they can get to the conference finals and they can also potentially go to the finals and i think that may be, honestly, the biggest threat to the Warriors. Honestly, but mm. what do you think about this trade? Because mm. uh, like you, you, you had like Joel Embiid's number one option. Number two, you can say is Jimmy Butler. Number three, you can say is Tobias Harris. Four, you can say JJ Reddy. Like I don't even know who the real two number two option is with Boston right now. Yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on this whole trade? Uh, I like it. Uh, from what all you said, like it's it's a it's a good um I'm, I'm like it's just a solid trade in like all aspects. Uh, you got players that are kind of come in and they're gonna give you even more weapons. Uh, gonna let you move the ball around to like some shooters. You have Jonathan Simmons, who's a baller coming off the bench. It extends your bench. It lets you uh allows guys to play defense. It takes some uh pressure off your star players to have to play defense too. Unless you're like a big man like Embiid, you know you have to play big on big defense a lot of times. Um, the only thing I see about that matchup with the Warriors is you do, you do have an Embiid, and Embiid is 
extremely athletic for his his size and stuff like that. But the Warriors gonna try to spread you out, move the ball, and you know get him running around and make you have to take him out. But and on the flip side of that, you add players to where when you do have him beat out, they can play defense and they can stretch with the Warriors just like that. So um, I think they're looking forward to a long-term matchup. Everybody has to get out to ease. Those top four teams definitely have to find a way to get out to ease um, with the with the least damage, you know, sustained to them when they're going into the finals. But if Philly can do it, uh, it puts them in a great position. Uh, and, you know, Warriors have a consistency that – we haven't seen in a while, and they have players that are once in lifetime players, and KD being the scorer that he is, Steph Curry being the you know out of his mind walk into gym range that he is. Uh, I think you really set yourself up to be able to match up with them uh, the best you could in in any scenario this year. So it'll be crazy, and it would be crazy to think about the Philly going to the finals. It just it just blows my mind because you know you think Celtics, Lamar's already Celtics, maybe Toronto when they got Kawhi, uh, Milwaukee's emerging, but just Philly going to the finals, that would be totally different. I really think they have a shot, man. Um, and then, like I said, honestly, it's on them. Yeah. If they buy in, then I I really don't know, man. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 scary, man. Scary and fact, hours. That they look so good offensively together right now. Granted, they've been turning the ball over because you got to get used to each other. But wow, bro, it, it's going to be crazy, man. So uh, no ceiling for them, and 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 that's that. Um, so before we get into NBA All Star and give our NBA All Star weekend, and we give give our predictions, I want to talk about the Boston Celtics just a little bit. First <laughs> and foremost, Kyrie Irving is listed day to day after suffering a right knee strain against the LA Clippers. Saturday night, um, he, uh, you know, sprained his left knee. And uh, this is the same. Oh, actually, he strained. No, he strained his right knee. This is the same knee that he messed up last year where he had to get uh, surgery on that and get some screws removed and whatnot. So uh, he ended the game with 14 points in just 14 minutes becoming before coming up hobbling with just over four minutes remaining in the second period. Um, so, you know, this year you can argue that this is this is best year so far um, as a Celtics averaging 24-7-5. and five. Um, And, you know, it was crazy because they were up basically like 20 against the Clippers and they ended up losing um, very badly. So after that, you know, Marcus Moore Sr. was very, very upset with how the Celtics have been playing lately, uh, saying that their lack of toughness and attitude, um, they, they lack toughness and attitude, and, they, and basically, like, he finds no joy in playing basketball anymore. So it's kind of crazy when you have, like, a fourth of the season left going into the playoffs, and, yet, and you're talking about this right now. So I'm going to read a, a quote to him and let me know what you think about this, Trey. Okay. For me, it's not really about the loss. It's about the attitude that we're playing with. Um, guys are hanging their heads. It's not fun. We're not competing at a high level. Even though we're winning, it's still not fun. I don't see the joy in the game. I watch all these other teams around the league, and the guys are up on the bench. They're jumping on the court, and they're enjoying their teammate's success. They're enjoying everything. They're playing together, and they're playing to win. And when I look at us, I just see a bunch of individuals. And for us to be a championship team, this shit got to change. You know what I'm saying? We have to genuinely want to win that has to be the first goal whatever that takes i'm with it if they want to take me out of the starting lineup get some juice in there i'm with it i'm just trying to win 
What are your thoughts on those comments? Is it is this a concern with the Celtics moving forward? Because we saw Kyrie called out his teammates as well, too. Um, and like I said before, you have a team that didn't have Gordon Hayward the whole year last year. Kyrie Irving played only about 50 games. And then you have this young talent who sort of feeling themselves, got to the Eastern Conference Finals, was one game away of going to the finals to face the Warriors. You have this team, you have this team in Rogier who who was expecting, who is a, could be a star on any other team. Yeah. Playing reduced minutes, Jason Tatum, playing reduced minutes, Jalen Brown, playing reduced minutes. Like, how do you mesh egos um, and how do you just focus on winning? It's, it's pretty hard. And then, obviously, Kyrie has a sprained knee. Yeah. That's a problem moving forward. Do you think the Celtics season is in jeopardy right now or do you think they're going to find a way to get together? Because out of all teams in the East, aside from Kawhi Leonard being and Danny Green being playoff tested as well, too, Celtics probably have the most, you know, yeah. the most, you know, uh, experience right now. So, what are your thoughts on all that? Uh, I, from from the quote standpoint, I think uh, I think that's real. When anybody has just gotten fed up with the uh, uh, I and team kind of mentality that you might have around you, and we, it's frustrating when you know you have the ability to do something and collectively you're not doing it. Like it shit sucks at at, at all times. Like it always sucks, and you know you get to the point where it's like. You know, you're like, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to do what I got to do for my team, and I'm going to do me too. Uh, and you look around, and you have too many people with that same mentality. Then you, after a while, like, if you you have the mindset of you want to win, the championship mindset, and you, you've seen where you've gone in the past, you eventually go to, man, after this, like, I just want to win. Like, put put the pride aside. <laughs> no singing this time, but put the pride aside. Uh, you, why, are, why are we – doing this when you know we have an ultimate goal and we accomplished so much in the past and you know why why not win right now and then after that we can do whatever go our separate ways the organization will figure us out but we have so many tools now we might not have this ever again with a Hayward on a team who's still recovering or with a Jason Tatum with a Rozier you know you have pieces on pieces of pieces only thing stopping you is you and that's frustrating that's super frustrating and I, I get the quote totally and uh that they really puts them in jeopardy because all the other teams got a, got a new look kind of team. Celtics are the only ones that didn't make a big move, you know, because they had they have a solid lineup and they might have play. They probably don't have people they can really move right now, other than like you know the Tatum's that they probably might have moved for like AD and stuff like that. But you know, again, they're playoff tested. They did well last year in the playoffs, and it's just like, bro, like stop this stuff. Let's just go out here and win. But I feel like people are playing for, like, the next step in their careers instead of preparing for right now. And that's, you know, that's the foundation. You take one brick away, the house might fall. And we're, we're looking at cracks in the armor right now with a resurgence of Philly. Toronto, who's sharpening his iron. And Milwaukee, who is, uh, you know, playing out of his mind, just young, carefree basketball. That's not a good look. Not a good look at all, man. So you guys figure it out, man. Like, I know you, your agents are talking to your ear. You listen to social media, you listen to your boys back at home, but winning is the number one objective. Winning cures everything. When you win, these organizations are going to want you. You know what I'm saying? So I know you want that money and you want, you know, that shine. But like you said, like how many times are you going to have this much talent on your team? Because after this, after this season's over, players are going to rock. You know what I'm saying? So why not go out with a bang? You know what I'm saying? Like you can – Unless you're a restricted free agent and you're an unrestricted free agent, you can go into the market, 
be like a KD, um, be like a LeBron James, or be like a who, be like a whatever. Sign a one two year deal with that player option and ba- basically bank on yourself and then re up. You know what I'm saying? So, of course. I think you just got to look at it from a like a different perspective. But we're gonna see. It's gonna be interesting, man. Because I, it's just crazy how, you know. Before the season even started, everyone had the Boston Celtics going to the finals. Now we're like, dude, what seed are you gonna be? Now we're gonna. Now we're like, you, you guys might get out the second round. So yeah. it's just crazy how a series of a, a series of interesting events have unfolded. So it's gonna be interesting, man. Life could change in one year. Life could change in one year. Now to wrap it up, I'm gonna be real, real, real quick with it. NBA All-Star Weekend is approaching. This weekend is going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. I really want to go get some tickets, but I mm. looked at it a couple of weeks ago online, and it's so expensive. Yeah. Hey, J. Cole. J. Cole, you already know, man. Love your music, yo. Get us some tickets, J. Cole. Get us some tickets, I feel J. like J. Cole would do that for us. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I try to enter contests and everything, but it's like a one in a one million chance of winning all that, man. So uh, it kind of sucks, but... Uh, last week, Thursday, the first ever televised NBA All-Star Draft came about. Um, you know, it was full of surprises, including a post-draft trade that we're going to talk about to spice things up as well, too. Um, so it was good, man. You know, it was aired on TNT. Um, you had LeBron James representing Team LeBron on the West, and you had Team Giannis representing Team Giannis from the East. Um, and it was pretty good. LeBron stacked his team, bro. <laughs> Just looking at looking at the order that they chose. LeBron's first pick was for starters KD. Giannis was Steph Curry. Actually, let me just read it and make it easy for you guys. LeBron's team, starting five, excluding him. KD, Kyrie, Kawhi, James Harden. Then you got Giannis, who got Steph, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Kemba Walker. Then for the reserves for LeBron James, you had. A.D., Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, and D. Wade. And then for the reserves for Team Giannis, you had Chris Milton, The Joker, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, D. Loden, Nikola Vucevic, Kyle Lowry, and Dirk Nowinski. Now, it was pretty exciting. Um, I was laughing the whole time. It was just dope to see them going back and forth because uh, you know LeBron James. He always has a motive behind everything, and we're going to talk about that soon too. But one thing, Giannis, you suck at picking teams. Yeah, terrible. And, and he said before before everything, for the reserves, his first pick was going to be Chris Middleton just because they're teammates and whatnot. Okay. I can see that. But at the same time, I'm trying to win. Yeah. But I think at the same time, Giannis is like, yo, I'm so great that – just put me with these players right here. We're going to be good. He said he was trying to pick players that are going to play hard. But, dude, do you not see LeBron's squad? Like, yeah, like, it's actually crazy. It was so OD that, like I said, they had a essentially – so LeBron drafted originally Russell Westbrook. It was so bad that they traded Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. And <laughs> LeBron was being a little petty because he knows Joel Embiid's on Team Giannis' team. And he knows that Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook have beef. So he traded him over on that side. So it's going to be interesting to see how this whole KD saga is going with the beef. And we're going to see how things unfold this weekend. So maybe it was just for the fans to, you know, to give the fans something to talk about. Or maybe they're just trying to say, like, yo, like, let's spend a weekend together. Let's try to, you know, see where this beef is coming from. Let's let's really try to figure out the ground root cause of this and, you know, try to make amends. Because I feel like, that's one thing that LeBron James did that first time around when he got KD and um, 
and Russ on the same team together. I think they, they actually came together. They talked things out. And after some time, you know, time heals all wounds. So that's going to be interesting. But one thing I wanted to talk about was LeBron. Now, LeBron James picked Kevin Durant, who's about to be a free agent, Kyrie Irving, who's about to be a free agent, and Kawhi Leonard, who's about to be a free agent, Klay Thompson, who's about to be a free agent. That's pretty crazy with all those free agents that he's going to have. So this is where tampering really doesn't matter because All-Star Weekend, you're going to be around the whole time. So now LeBron's going to not only pick their brains, he's going to have that conversation with them like, yo, like, what are you trying to do this offseason? Like, let's try to make some history happen. So um, I like it. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun for the fans. Um, and yeah, man, and this is good too because now like you kind of you kind of playing for your pride now because the last picks, the last two picks was Kyle Lowry <laughs> and Bradley Beal. So you know they're feeling some type of way. Yeah, um, no one wants to pick last because Beal believes he's better than half of these players right here. So does Kyle Lowry. So I hope it continues. I hope they play hard and at the same time no one gets hurt. But it's going to be interesting. I personally have Team LeBron winning by at least five to ten points. What are your thoughts on the whole All-Star being televised? Do you want to see that moving forward? Um, would there be any changes you want to add to it? And then who do you have winning as well, too? Uh, I think it was cool. I didn't watch it because, I, I mean, I probably, probably didn't watch it because Giannis was picking teams. And, like, he's a kid that you walk into the gym he's like, yo, you got five? And then he's like, yeah, I got five. Meanwhile, like, you know, like, it's like the craziest day. You know, if you get off the court, then you're never going to get back on the court. And he has, like, all the scrubs from, like, D-League court. Like, yeah. bro, what? Not saying that these guys he, are scrubs. He's like the nice dude <laughs> that's sitting down and they come in the gym, like you said, and just watch people ask him to join his team. Wow. He's just saying, like, ah, no one else here. So, all right, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, his boys walk in right after that and, and he's like, looking ah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Team LeBron on it because, like, that's a – Damn near Team USA, you know, like it's kind of crazy. Like just looking at the lineup with them. Uh, what was that? What was the other thing? Uh, televised? Or? Yeah, yeah. So now that it's televised, now do you think it's a good step in the direction? You know, being that the NBA is very progressive and they uh, want to extend their, um, you know, popularity and gain a bigger outreach. Uh, yeah, keep it up. Any way you can get on uh, FaceTime, face value with the uh, players and fans and get more personable. Always, man. Uh, and the more you can like just show players and uh, and just show players and have them out there uh, as the face of, you know, the league and being personable, go ahead and do it. Like, the connection and just the, you know, showing people that these guys are real people and persons too, then, hey, why not? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So it's going to be very fun, very fun, very fun. Um, and a couple things I want to wrap up as well, too. On Saturday night, it's going to be NBA All-Star Saturday night, obviously, presented by State Farm, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Um, miss it. I remember uh, growing up watching Skills Challenges. Uh, D-Way won, like, back-to-back challenges. I think possibly Steve Nash won one as well, too. Uh, so it's pretty dope to see all that. I think Darren Williams won one, too, one year, too. So... Pretty dope. Um, this year we got Mike Conley, Luka Donich, De'Aaron Fox, The Joker, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Vucevic, and Trey Young. So out of this list right here, who do you have winning? I'm going to kind of be biased. I just want to see some new stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Luka just because he's a fan favorite. He be talking all this smack, saying it's so easy to score in the NBA as opposed to here. And I just think he got the swag to it. So 
that's my pick right there. I think secondly, I'll probably pick De'Aaron Fox just because he's one of the quickest players I've seen this season with the basketball um, in his hands. And don't be surprised to see Mike Conley as well, too, because he's pretty crafty. I know he's a little old now, like 30-31, but he can get the job done. So it's all about pacing yourself, but at the same time utilizing your speed in the right, in the right times and making your shots. Uh, I'm gonna go Trey Young for the win. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the upset, and upset. Uh, wow. He, he can shoot the three. That's a big part of the, the competition, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to come down and shoot the shoot the three. Like you can shoot the three. He's a he's a great passer. He's a he great, is passer, a great passer. He might not be having the craziest year, but he's a great passer. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he'll fly through those stations, um, really effortlessly. Uh, the next upset pick, I'll go in second. Uh, uh, Nick Nick Nikola uh, Jokic. I'm I'm saying that terribly for some reason. The Joker, yeah, the <laughs> Joker. Uh, I'm gonna go to Joker um, in my my second pick, and then after that, I'll go uh, De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry, Luca. I, I feel like Luca's a great competitor, but I feel like this might be more tailored for those guys anyway. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. And what I'm most excited about on Saturday night, um, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that after. Um, slam dunk contest is also something as well too. Um, I personally don't really care for it anymore because it's like, Washed. how many dunks can you do? You know what I'm yeah. saying? It comes to a point where everything is basically the same. It's Have more you seen so the one kid throw the ball like behind his back and then like 360 that joint? I don't think I saw that. You got to show me that. Ah, I got to find that for you. It's crazy. It's yeah. like a high school kid. Yeah. So this year is Miles Bridges, John Collins. Miles Bridges from the Hornets. John Collins from the Hawks. Hamido Diallo, who I think that just got traded from the Thunder, and Dennis Smith Jr. from the Knicks. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting in a way, but I feel like now they should move the three-point contest to, like, the last um, contest of the night just to wrap that's it up. exciting. Like, it's more exciting than the dunk contest sometimes, to that's be honest. Sad. It's sad now that it's more exciting because yeah. at first you used to look forward to the dunk contest, but it's like, like I said, like, how many dunks can you – yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't really do that much. It's like, are you, now you're just going to use props now. Yeah. But that's about it. So my plan is is to maybe have two NBA players and maybe two, like, no-name players. Because low-key, when I be on social media seeing these yeah. dunks, those dunks be crazy compared to what I be seeing with these other players. It's just, it's just like, there's really no creativity behind it anymore. So it'd be good to spice things up, too. And I was on, I was an advocate as well, too, and what was, what Kobe was saying as well, too. Vince Carter still got bounce, you know. Even if he did something that won't that spectacular, just seeing him at that age dunking still would have been interesting to see. So, um, you know, it really just depends. Um, I hope it turns out well. I, to be honest, other than Dennis Smith Jr., I don't really watch these other players dunk like that. So I'll definitely do my research and see what they got to offer. But um, it's going to be interesting. And then uh, last thing I want to talk about is the three-point contest. So now um, – They've upped the antes now with 10 players. And I think the biggest narrative now is, obviously, Dirk Nowinski is about to retire, Dirk. so he's in it too. And then you got not the Splash Brothers, but the real Splash Brothers and Steph and Seth Curry going at it. So um, that's going to be pretty interesting. And you also got the uh, Rainy Champion and Devin Booker. Um, finally, my boy, Danny Green, represented for UNC. Obviously, it's in Charlotte. Um, Joe Harris from the Nets, Buddy Hill that you say he's been hitting the clip. Um, Chris Milton, who's been playing outstanding. Damian Dollar's in it as well, too, and my boy Kemba. So I'm excited for that as well, too. Um, we're going to see who's going to win. If I had to bet my money, honestly, you could say Steph Curry, but he's lost before to these guys. Yeah. 
I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm gonna pick who I'm gonna who's who I think is gonna win and who's my dark horse. Okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Damien. Nah, I'm gonna go with Buddy Hill winning. Okay. I'm gonna join your bandwagon on him. Ooh. I'm gonna join. I'm gonna go Buddy Hill winning. I okay. think he's just gonna catch fire, and then my dark horse is gonna be Danny Green. If he can emulate what he did in the finals against the Miami Heat when he just went crazy. And he's basically this is his second home from uh, being outside of New York, Brooklyn. Yeah. Then I think he got it. Who you got? I'm gonna go uh, dark horror. No, I'm gonna go winner back to back. D book. D book back to back. And dark horse Dirk. Dark horse Dirk. Okay. Yeah. See what happens. See what happens. One last time for Dirk, man. That would be Dirk. crazy though if he if he won that joint. Yes. Yes. Go go <laughs> if he won that joint. But yeah, man, and you know, it's fun having you on this episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as well, to episode 47 of the Caesar Show. Fire content. Any last words you guys say, Trey? Uh, have a great Valentine's Day. Uh, tell somebody you love them. It doesn't have to be no romantic stuff, man, but show love, get love. It don't cost nothing to show up some love. It don't cost a dollar to show up some love. And y'all be hating on show some love. <laughs> Hey, yo, uh, appreciate you having me, C, man. Uh, episode 47 of the Circeja Show. Hey, man, love being up here. Can't wait till the next time. I'm out. For sure, for sure, for sure. You heard it here first. Can't wait till the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed this fire content. Like I said, this is episode 47 of the Caesar Show. Um, I'm coming out, actually, guys, with some dad hats and some T-shirts that are going to be launched in early March. Be on the lookout for that, too. And I'm working on, you know, creating my own social media account that kind of separates myself from my actual profile services. So right now it's... It's it's down, but I haven't really promoted it yet. But if you want to follow it early, um, it's at the Caesar Show, T H E S E E Z U S S H O. But for now, you can follow me at Sir Caesar on all social media platforms. At Sir Caesar, like I said, S I R S E E Z U S. Subscribe, like, rate, get hip, get everyone involved. Just put it on notice. The Caesar Show on all forms of social media. Like I said, we got it on uh, Spotify. Podcast Connect, and then also have it on. Oh, there's a dunk right here. Also have it on SoundCloud. So check it out. Spread the word. It's just gonna be fire content. I'm out.